Welcome to Richard Ellis Talks with Richard Ellis. Thanks for allowing us to share this time with you. Honestly, it's our favorite time of the day where we get to hang out together and talk about how the truth of God's Word can make a huge difference in your life. And that's what we're going to hear from Richard in a way that only he can do with words of hope, insight, and humor. You may be stuck in traffic or stuck in life. Either way, today's message is going to help get you on the right track as you learn how much God loves you right where you are. So let's get right into today's talk. Here's Richard Ellis. How to get rich and live forever. That's our topic today. If you're ever up late at night, you ever watch one of these? I mean, these things go on, especially on the higher channels, some cable stations, and you get up into like 27 and 21 and all those stations. They've got these infomercial things. I mean, it's how to get rich. It's how to be young forever, if not live forever. And you watch that stuff, and somebody is picking up the phone and buying this stuff, or they wouldn't be on the air. If you've ever watched that stuff, there was also recently a documentary on ABC here in the last few months about people who had won the lottery. Did anybody see this thing? They documented. They went and found people who had won huge sums of money in different states and different lotteries and looked at their lives, what had happened to these people who had just gotten unbelievably rich. Most of them lives were absolutely devastated. Families fell apart. Drugs, alcohol, they went broke, had all this money and spent it all, went broke. Just most of it was just a disaster what had happened to these people. If you've ever, some people say, well, here's the way to get rich. If you've ever seen one of these little classified ads, and this one's hysterical, but you see a little ad and it says, how to make $1,000 a day, send $10 to me, and I'll send you the information. And you know what the information you get back says? Take out your own ad. <laughs> so you put your own ad in, tell people to send you 10 bucks, and you send them a letter back that says take out your own ad. I mean, that's maybe one way to do it. Does anybody in here know how much money Howard Hughes left? All of it. All of it. <laughs> You're exactly right. All of it. Now, that's what we're going to talk about today. How to get rich. What does it mean to really be rich? How do you define really being rich? And we're not going to talk about all of the, run the whole game, but we're going to talk about it a little bit. Even in Psalms, let me read you something out of Psalms 49, verses 10 through 12. He's talking here about rich people, and he says, For he sees wise men die, likewise the fool and the senseless person perish, and leave their wealth to others. Their inner thought, this is what they're thinking inside, is that their houses will last forever, their dwelling places to all generations, they'll just leave it for generations, they'll be in their family, and they call their lands after their own names. You know how people call estates, this is the such and such estate, it'll just be there forever. And they never realize that some kid two generations down the road just squander it all and somebody else will buy the thing or bankruptcy will hit and they'll take it over and be somebody else's. We just get this thing in our head that we're going to live forever, and even if we die, our name's going to live forever. And this is what the psalmist talks about. Nevertheless, he says in verse 12, Nevertheless, man, though in honor, does not remain. He is like the beasts that perish. When you get right down to it, in a lot of ways, we're just like, you know, I'm not saying this we're like dogs or horses or cows, but we die the way they die. Now, we have a soul they don't. And I don't want, you know, don't come up to me, well, I think my cat has a soul. I love my cat, you know. 
you're saying my cat's not going to heaven. I, I don't want to have that talk today. <laughs> I think there's a special place for cats myself. I'm just going to leave it alone because my wife might be here and she could get the tape. And I don't need this trouble. <laughs> All right, then down in the same passage, Psalm 49, verse 16, he says, Do not be afraid when somebody gets rich, when the glory of his house is increased. For when he dies, he's like Howard Hughes. He shall carry nothing away, it says. His glory shall not descend after him. Though while he lives, he blesses himself, for men will praise you when you do well for yourself. Now, here's what you got to ask yourself, or you don't have to, but we're going to discuss this today. If you say, I don't care what it takes, I'm going to be rich. I don't care who I have to take down. I don't care what I have to do. I'm going to make as much money as I can and do whatever I want to do. And you take off on that track thinking, you're going to have stuff and things that's going to make you happy. And you start running that deal. You can consume your entire life with that. I'm thinking of people that I've known and know. And I may have told the story in here about something else, but I'm going to repeat it. I was in business years ago, and part of that business took me to Palm Beach. And part of the reason I was in Palm Beach was some foundational stuff and raising money. And there was a man every year that would let us use his yacht. This man, one year we went down there, had bought the James Bond yacht, the Octopussy, it was this 130-something foot yacht with jet engines on it that were as strong as a 747 one engine. I mean, this thing was unbelievable. It would do 55 knots in the open sea. Cigarette boats. I went out on it one day, and cigarette boats were trying to keep up with us. I'm talking about a 100-something foot yacht. And I befriended the captain through the years, and he told me a story one day. He said, one day the captain decided to go down to St. Thomas or St. Kitts or somewhere down. It was like a two-day trip, and he usually would fly down. They'd take the yacht. He'd fly down, meet the yacht. They'd do their thing, and he'd fly home. They'd bring. He said, this time he's going to go. He took two days hauling down there in this yacht. Got down there. I mean, this boat has everything. He's down there with his girlfriend, not even, you know, not his wife. He's down there, gets down there. They pick this place, and the captain knows the islands. He goes to this particular spot, a little cove. Beautiful place. And he said we've been there about two or three hours. And he said the owner of the boat, and this guy owns, I mean, if I told you what he owns, you'd know immediately who this guy is. He said two or three hours, he came up on the bridge, and he walked up to John, the captain, and this is what he said. He said, John, what do people do? And John said he looked at him, and he said, well, Mr. So-and-so, what do you mean? He said, I mean, John was used to, this yacht leases out for like 55 grand a week the families who want to go to the Mediterranean or wherever they want to go. And this owner of this boat went and said, what do people do? And John was like, okay, he wants an answer. We got a video library, we got jet ski, we got surfboards, we got, and he named all these things, water ski. And the owner of the boat looked at him and said, take me home. And they turned around and did a two-way trip back. He didn't know what to do. He had all this money. He had a 55,000 square foot house in Palm Beach, underground parking, a theater. He had all this stuff and he didn't know how to enjoy it. He didn't know what to do. We think if we hit that mark, we have all this stuff. We do all these things and we spend our whole life trying to get money to spend. We're going to be rich. And it's just not true, folks. 
Now, I've got a proposition today. Here's the deal. If I told you I was the trustee on billions of dollars of funds, and the person who owns all this money, who the money belongs to, has told me I can make a proposition to anybody who will take me up on it. If you'll give me a year of your life, I will not require you to do anything illegal, unethical, or immoral. But you'll do whatever will determine where you live, how much you have, and what you do for that year. And after that year, we'll give you a million dollars a year until the day you die. Would anybody give up a year of their life, not anything immoral, nothing illegal, nothing unethical, you just set aside a year of your life and be under somebody else's deal? Would anybody take up that deal? We got some hands in the back. Anybody else? If you really would, and there's nothing funky about this, raise your hand if that sounds like a good deal to you. Really, thank you. Nobody else? Well, y'all better be praying. I'm not serious. <laughs> I mean, a few hands. I mean, you skeptically think, well, you know, there's got to be a catch to this somewhere. What if it was just a straight up, there's certain things that this foundation, this trust fund says that we're about, we want to have accomplished, and we're looking for people who will donate a year of their life to getting that done, okay? And you just kind of do whatever. Now, some of you raised your hand. Why? Why would you do that deal? Why would you give up a year of your life? All right, now let me give you a ratio to think about. One year, let's say it's one out of 50 years if you went for that deal. One out of 50 years is the same thing as 50 out of 2,500 years. Is that correct? Now, what if I said they've come out with new technology and you don't live forever, but you live for 2,500 years? 50 all of a sudden to 2,500 years doesn't seem like anything. That's 2,500 years is a long time. Okay? What if I change the deal and I said, look, I'll change it to one month. Do I have any takers? You live my way for a month. Nothing illegal, nothing unethical, nothing immoral. And I'll make the same deal a million dollars a year after a month. Anybody else more eager to do that one? Well, I give you a month, yeah. A month is to 50 years what 50 years is to 36,000 years, right? What if I said, give me one day, give me one day. Where do we sign up? Where do we sign up? That's right. <laughs> now see, it starts getting more and more appealing, but one day is to 50 years, what 50 years is to approximately 332 million something years. Now here's my point. If you're going to tell me you'd give me one day to have the benefits for the rest of your life, then God comes along and says, here's my deal. Give me one life and I'll bless you forever. Now, what does it take to live that way? See, we live in a society that says instant gratification. If I can't see it, I don't want it. I don't want to wait. Marriages take years to build, minutes to destroy. Companies take years to build and can just go down. Paintings take months to paint, can be slashed. Most things in life that are worth something take a long time. They don't come just like that. And the God of the universe comes along and says, here's the deal. You have no idea who I am. You have no idea how much I have. You have no idea how much I love you, but I'm going to try to show you. I'm going to let my own son die so you can live forever. And to beat all that, I'm going to let you not just live forever with me, but I've gone to prepare a place, and I've got a philosophy about this. You know what Jesus said in the Bible? 
you know, don't worry, don't be anxious, don't be troubled, let not your heart be troubled. I go to prepare a place for you and where I go, you know, in my father's house are many mansions. I think he was a carpenter here to kind of get him ready for what he's going to do there. I think he's up there building a place for me. And I tell you what, guys, there ain't nothing down here that'll compare with what God can do up there. The God that can create a universe. And you talk about living in Dallas in a nice house for 20, 30, 40 years, great. But you talk about the God of the universe preparing you a place that will last forever. What made sense here a minute ago about, yeah, I'll give you a day. Even 332 million years in terms of eternity, folks, is nothing. There is no more time. There is no more space. It's just eternity. And the way you live and what you do here determines whether you're going to be rich here and now or there forever. Now, if this works today at lunch, am I saying that you should walk out of this room and say, you know, and most people's fear, frankly, I put it down in here somewhere. Most people's fear, they say, you know what? If I turn my whole life over to God, I'll end up poor in Africa. <laughs> you just sure the second you turn over the keys to your life, the God of the universe and go, gotcha. You'll be in India in some godforsaken hole and no one will ever see you again. But what do you do with people like Solomon in the Bible? What do you do with men like Job in the Bible? Job was filthy rich. And the devil goes to God and says, sure, this guy will trust you. This guy will live for you and you know, do whatever you want him to do. You've given him all this stuff. What does God say? Take everything he's got, but don't take his life. And at the end of Job's life, God blessed him twice as much as he had in the beginning, but in the middle of all that pain, you know what Job said in the middle of all that and what God knew he would say? Though he slay me, even if God allows my life to be taken, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. It's not about being rich or not being rich. It's about wanting more than you want gold or money or something. It's about wanting God. And then if you say, you know what, God, I figured out that you gave me everything. There's a passage over in 2 Corinthians. Listen to this. 2 Corinthians 8, 9, he says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God in man, he saw it. He made it. He knows what heaven's like. And he said, I will abandon, I'll leave all of this glory and encase myself in human flesh, I'll go down there and leave my riches to be poor so that through me doing this, you can be made rich. That's his way of coming to get us. Now let me tell you parenthetically here in the middle of this. It takes faith to do any of this. Hebrews 11.1 1 says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that you can't see that are unseen. So you say, well, show me. I can't show you. It takes faith few verses down in that same chapter, it says, Hebrews eleven six says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe first that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It takes faith. Now for anybody who's sitting in here and the whole God thing is a mystery to you, I will acknowledge to you that this is the most bogus, bizarre, unbelievable story you'll ever hear in your life. Somebody gets up at some luncheon and tells you that there's this God of the universe who made everything and decided to come down and save mankind. And his son came and was born of a virgin, impossible, lived a perfect life, impossible. 
And because this man died on some cross 2,000 years ago or so and shed some blood that's supposed to wash away my sins and then was buried, and now he's been raised from the dead three days later, impossible. It didn't happen. And I'm standing up here telling you that all that stuff will change your life. You know why I put it in those terms? Because it is impossible for you to believe that unless God gives you the faith to believe that. It's just some story. It's the wildest thing you've ever heard that I've ever heard in my life. But I'm going to tell you what makes it so awesome. There was a day in my life when God gave me the faith to understand and believe that without that Jesus and without that life and without that death and without that burial and that resurrection, I am cooked. And you say, yeah, but you're just some religious nut and you got some crutch and that's what you need. Let me tell you something. I'll tell you what makes it real. Anybody else in the room that raised their hand and says, you know what? There was a day in my life when I had the same thing happen in my heart and my soul and I knew it was true. There's other confirmation. What are you going to do about you sitting out there and you've never settled that issue and something inside of you starts churning and your heart starts beating because I've been there. And you say, man, this is the nuttiest thing I've ever felt or seen in my life. Why would believing all that stuff change my life? It's impossible. It's impossible, except that God does it. And the Bible says that the preaching of the gospel, explaining what I just explained to you, is foolishness to those who don't believe, but to those who believe it is the power of God and the salvation. And all of a sudden, what is completely foolishness becomes the thing that changes your life. And I've seen it happen to too many people's lives. I got to be honest with you. I spent some years of my life saying, you know what, God, I got to get rich. I don't want to die poor. I like a nice tie. I'd like to wear a decent suit. I drive a 78 Lincoln with about 74,000 miles. The air is out. And my wife doesn't even know this. Part of the reason I don't get the air fixed is it keeps me a little bit humble. It helps me remember this is not what I'm here to do. If I never drive a Lexus, now, my bad mouth and all that stuff, folks, no, but that's not my purpose. If you give your life to Christ and God blesses you above measure, but your heart is after him, then he knows he can entrust you with what he blesses you with, and you'll do the right thing with it. God may not be able to ever trust me with ten, forty million dollars you know? <laughs> Here's what I want to say to you. I am trying in terms of a month to 50 years or a day to 50 years. I want you to think about what you said. At a year, few takers. At a month, few more. At a day, everybody was in. Your life in terms of eternity is a bleep. It's not even a bleep. But I can't get past death. I can't get past the grave. I can't get past tomorrow. I'm so scared I'm going to lose out today. i got to have something for me today. i got to enjoy today. And God says it's not about just today. I'll take care of you tomorrow. Wait till you get home. And here's how Jesus put it in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6. He says, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures where? In heaven. Where there's no moths, there's no rust to destroy it, where there's no thieves to break in and steal. Why is this so important where you lay it up? He says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I talk to older people. Anybody here that's older and your mom and dad are dead? Maybe a son or daughter died? 
When I talk to people who have more loved ones on the other side than they do this side, you know what? There's something about them. They want to be where their heart is because their heart is where the people they love. If you love God, you're going to want to be where God is. You want to put your stuff where God is. I'm not saying don't be great at your careers. I'm not saying don't work hard in your office. But the only thing and one of the great joys of my life and even doing something like this is if I can stand up here and get out of the way and let God say something He wants to say and your life has changed, you're a piece of my deposit because I ain't taking nothing with me but you. And two weeks ago, a little girl sits in a Bible study, asks some questions, bows her head, prays out loud, asks Christ to come into her life. Man, that's treasure for me, but not for me. I don't want to get there and go, look what I did, what I've got. I say, Jesus, man, look what you allowed me to do and I got something to give back to you. He's going to take care of us. He does here. Why wouldn't he there? This life is about people. If God blesses you with money, it's to do something with the money he's blessed you with to affect the lives of people for his honor and his glory. If God never blesses you and tomorrow he ships me off to India and that's where I'm supposed to be, you know what? I don't want to be somewhere he doesn't want me to be because I'll never be happy anywhere else but where he wants me to be. God is not out to squash you. God is not out to make you miserable. God is not out to ruin your life. This whole deal cost him his son. It's too big. He's got a plan. He's got a purpose. What he wants me to do is show up and say, okay, God, I see it your way. I'll give you so many years because I know that what I do here, what happens here affects forever. How do you get rich? How do you live forever? You get rich by putting all your deposits on the other side. Do what you do here to affect there. How do you live forever? You receive this gift of eternal life. You say, you know what? This is the craziest thing I've ever heard, even thought about. But I think it's true. And something inside of me is confirming that what I'm hearing is truth like I've never heard before. And I'm going to give this God my life. And I'm going to accept the life of his son in payment for my life. I'm going to make an exchange. And I'm going to accept the gift of eternal life. And I'm going to accept the gift of abundant life between here and heaven. And God, I'm simply telling you, I'm in. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll go wherever you want me to go. You'll never be any happier. But you'll never be more miserable if you know that that's what God wants and you tell him no. You want to die a bitter, miserable person, then you tell God no and deliberately live against his will. That is a hell of a way to live. And if you say no to his gift, it's really hell. And I believe that with all my heart. Before Richard comes back to wrap things up for us today, I'd like to share a couple important things with you. Let me encourage you to take a minute and check out our website, richardellistalks.com. You'll find today's talk right there in the talks page, along with all of Richard's messages. You can even forward them to a friend so they can hear them too. You'll also find the prayer wall to add your prayer requests a link to connect with us, the contribute page for you to be able to give to this ministry, a radio station finder, all our social media links, and much more. So check it out, richardellistalks.com. And Richard's back now to wrap up today's talk. All right, let's pray before we go back to our office. Father, in some ways this is so awesome, but it is so frustrating because all I can do is say what I think you want me to say, and then there's people's lives at stake. God, I pray for anybody in this room who is so close, either to getting to living forever, and it's making sense, and it's not about a church, it's not about religion, it's about a relationship with the God of the universe who gave His Son on a cross 
to suffer and die and shed his blood to pay for our sins and to make us clean and give us a new life and real purpose and real meaning. God, I pray they'll find that today and receive that gift by faith. And Father, for those who know you and have been running and hiding and just deliberately trying to escape your grasp and they know they'll never do it and they want their will more than they want your will and their way is not working. Father, I pray today that there just be a huge cry of uncle and then father, that we'd yield our lives, that we'd yield our wills to your will because it's best. You know, God, you made us, you know who we are and what's best for us. Teach us to trust you and to yield our lives and to make the deposits on the other side where nobody can take it away and see what you do in our lives and through our lives as never before. God, thank you so much for loving us. And this is not about you with a big stick trying to kill us, hammer us, defeat us, beat us. It cost you your son. Help us to remember that and understand that as never before. You're the best, Father, and we thank you and pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been Richard Ellis Talks with Richard Ellis. There's only one reason we do this program, to take the planet with the good news of Jesus Christ. That's our message and our mission. And you have a vital part of doing that along with us. If you've been encouraged by these talks with Richard, be sure to share with someone about the change they've made in your life. And we'd love to hear your story as to how the talks have made a difference to you. Give us a call. We'd love to talk with you. 855-6-RICHARD. You can also reach us through our website, richardellistalks.com. And while you're there, check out all the fun and informative pages we put together for you, richardellistalks.com. While you're there, be sure to click on the Contribute tab at the top to send your generous gift. If the program is making a difference to you, your gift will make a big difference to us. Until next time, thanks so much for listening to Richard Ellis Talks.